The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Draft week is coming to a close. We are finally here. Thursday is right around the corner meaning we have just enough time to squeeze in the final little bit of information that you need to know before the NFL Draft starts. If you recall, on Monday's episode, we talked about the offensive players that were best fits for the Giants based on position group. If the Giants chose to draft players at various groups, despite not being a huge need, we pitched players that would be fits that would fit the current scheme also the depth chart and how things are playing out where there are holes where there are needs based on a certain type of player and overall what will fit this new head coaching regime under joe judge today's show we're going to be doing the defensive side of the ball breaking down each position for you filling you in on two to three names that are great fits that could be taken in a wide range of spots during the nfl draft and would be great prospects for the Giants going forward if they were selected. But before we get to that, Chris, we have to talk about a rumor that is circulating because of knowledge that was brought out of Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon of all people, having in-depth conversations with the Giants coaching staff and front office. And we wanted to clarify that despite it's seeming like there is interest between the Giants and Justin Herbert. It might not really be what it seems like. I, I would argue that this is your classic stereotypical smokescreen to try and pressure teams like the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers into trading up because they're very, very high on Justin Herbert. I have to preface this by saying we do know the Giants like Justin Herbert. They loved him last year before he went back to school. That's something we have kind of heard behind the scenes fairly consistently, that if Herbert had come out last year, he would have been their QB1, and there's a very good chance he would be a Giant right now. But that doesn't mean he's going to be a Giant in a couple days. They are probably not. In fact, it that would be one of the most stunning move, draft moves I could remember, that for the Giants to basically pull an Arizona and draft a quarterback highly 
two years in a row and trade one of them. That that it's just a thing the Giants are not going to do. That's not in their DNA. But they've also made it pretty clear that they want trading back to be an, at least an option for them. If there is a guy they if there are several players they have graded similarly, they want to be able to move back, amass more draft capital, add more quality players, fill more holes, and continue to build their roster. And putting it out there that they like Justin Herbert, that could entice Miami to move up, the Chargers to move up, who knows, maybe the Jaguars or the Raiders. Now, at the very least, it could get them to move up to number three with the Lions and potentially push a Chase Young or Jeffrey Okuda down to the Giants at four. Also, Oregon does have quite a few interesting players apart from Herbert. Pretty much everybody on their offensive line is draftable, at least of the prospects that are in this draft. You know, Jake Hansen could be a starting caliber center. Shane Lameau could be a starting caliber guard. Calvin Throckmorton could be, at the very least, a swing tackle, and who knows, he might be a starting caliber tackle as well. So the Giants could be talking to Herbert to get information on his teammates. Also, it is it just pays to have a good scouting report, a good foundation, a good background on these guys for when you do have to play them in the NFL. Yeah, this is the kind of homework teams like the Patriots, like the Chiefs, like the Saints, like basically the best teams in the league. This is the kind of homework they do every year. So even if the Giants aren't looking at drafting Herbert, which it is pretty unlikely that that they are, it makes a ton of sense for them to be talking to him. Yeah, and the big thing that you pointed out here is that the Giants obviously were previously very interested in Justin Herbert. He chose not to declare, and their guy going forward ends up becoming Daniel Jones. So it doesn't make a ton of sense for them to actually take Herbert. The logic here is that they're not that low on Daniel Jones. They're not low enough on him, and I don't think we can all we can both agree here that I don't think Daniel Jones did enough to justify negative things to justify him being swapped out for another quarterback. And in the same thing, I really don't think Justin Herbert is that overtly talented that they can't pass up on him and would rather have Herbert over Daniel Jones. You would essentially be starting at square one yet again without fully knowing what you're getting at him. The only way I could possibly see the Giants taking Justin Herbert is that if they can't convince Miami or the Chargers into trading up, Maybe they could say, all right, if you guys want to play games and not give us a good deal, we'll just take the guy and then you can have a more complicated time trying to trade for him. So if they really wanted to do that, that would be unprecedented. But it's all really just a way to play games and mess with the other general managers into putting them into a compromising position to the point where they are willing to trade up and potentially even mortgage some serious draft picks in an effort to make that happen. So now for the positional breakdown, the final defensive breakdown, we're going to start things off with the edge, the pass rushers, defensive ends, guys that are going to fit with this giant scheme. And when we were talking about players, we were looking for guys that are pure pass rushers, guys like O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter, who are outside linebackers, but are primarily pass rushers. They have the ability to drop back and cover if you need them to. They're not just guys that are going to strictly stick their hand in the dirt, defend the run, 
rush the passer because of the personnel and also this defense coming in with Patrick Graham that is expected to be a 4-3 multiple. The three guys that we really thought made a ton of sense were Yatur Grossmatos, Julian Okwara, and then also talking about some late-round guys, Derek Tuska and DJ Wanham. The Giants are really big on relationships and acquiring players they know, that they have a history with, that they know who they are as men, how to teach them, how to coach them, and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Gross Matos, he played under current new defensive line coach Sean Spencer, Coach Chaos. He was called at Penn State. So he's a player the Giants are already going to be familiar with. They're already going to have a great scouting report on him. Gross Matos, he kind of profiles as a Chandler Jones, JPP type player. Long, athletic, powerful. He should be a good pass rusher pretty much right away in the NFL. And the Giants really could use an ace pass rusher, a guy they can send after quarterbacks and offenses are going to have to really scheme around stopping. The other name that kind of consistently jumps out at me in that day two area is Julian Okwara out of Notre Dame. Julian is not Romeo Okwara. He is a pretty different prospect. He is a lot leaner, and a lot more flexible. He doesn't have the same kind of power that Romeo does, but he has that ability to be a speed rusher, to get pressure quickly, but also stand up, rush from a two-point stance, or even drop back into coverage, even drop back into coverage if the defense wants to run zone blitzes, and he won't be a liability covering most running backs and tight ends. Overall, that was the goal to find versatility, guys that aren't pigeonholed into only being pass rushers or a big body defensive end because that's not really what the Giants have personnel-wise. You saw what they brought in with uh, Kyler Fackrell. He is a pass rusher but also an outside linebacker if you need him to be. So someone in that mold that's going to fit this Patrick Graham style of defense was ultimately the goal. And we also include some later-round guys, if hypothetically – The board doesn't really work out. Those players being Derek Tuska and DJ Wanham, like I already said, very talented guys, high upside, half potential, especially Tuska from what we saw him do athletically at the NFL Combine. Now, this next position group is easily the hardest to evaluate, and we acknowledged this when we were were picking these two guys because the defensive tackle group, does not make a lot of sense for the Giants to draft anyone early for obvious reasons. It's the strongest position group on this roster with all the talented young players they have along the defensive line. So they're not going to spend earlier than a a fourth round pick on someone, meaning we got to be looking at guys that are a little bit more down the line, guys that are going to fit more as rotational pieces if they choose to even draft a defensive lineman. If the board falls that way and and Gettleman is higher on a, a big body guy, then they'll probably pull the trigger on someone that they're that they're relatively high on. So talking about these lower round prospects that have decent upside that could be nice rotational pieces. We talked about Khalil Davis from Nebraska and also Jason Stobridge from UNC. Big body guys take up space, fits the mold of what this defensive line looks like, and could very well fit their way into a rotation. Yeah, we we both agreed the Giants should not be spending more than a 
day three pick on an interior defensive lineman. They have enough starters. They have probably more than enough starters. But finding depth guys, finding rotational pieces, guys who can be developed and be role players who you can feel pretty confident in putting on the field and having the starters take a breather, you know, that is something I don't think either one of us would be surprised to see the Giants look at on the third day. You know, Khalil Davis, he and his brother were both at the Combine, but Khalil came in a little bit lighter and he kind of blew up the Combine. By the end of the front seven workout, a lot of people were talking about him as a guy they were probably going to have to go back to Nebraska's tape and watch again because his performance was so good. He was quick, explosive, agile, really all of the things you want to see from a defensive lineman. Strobridge is another guy, similar similar mold, longer, a little bit leaner, still has good power, but also has the movement skills to be a potentially good pass rusher at the NFL level. And the Giants have kind of been looking for a guy to fill that five technique, three technique, depending on the down distance package type player. You know, they tried it with RJ McIntosh. He didn't really pan out. They tried with Chris Layton. I, he never even saw the field. He was on the Giants practice squad all season. It wouldn't be a surprise to see them go for another player like that. They don't really need to get another nose tackle. They've got Dalvin Tomlinson. They should just pay him and move on, which I think is what we should be doing. Move on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's no real point in in going too deep on this, but knowing Gettleman and and how things have always worked out, there's a shot that they at least take one player. And if they're going to take someone, Davis and Stowbridge make a lot of sense going for the Giants. We've got three more position groups for you to wrap up today's show. But before we get to them, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. 
The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The linebacker position is always going to be a primary need to fill when talking about this year's draft for the Giants. And if we're talking about the best possible guy to fill that, it's somebody who we have talked about a ton on this show. That is Isaiah Simmons, who is very much in play with the fourth overall pick for the Giants. So Simmons gives you a ton of versatility, really big athlete, can cover, can rush, can play zone, drop back, whatever you need him to. He has that athletic athletic makeup to be used on every single down in any type of formation you need him to. So a guy like Simmons is a priority for the Giants to look very closely at and even consider drafting at fourth overall. And then our second player we had was Zach Bond, who if he falls into the second round, he makes a lot of sense because in a 4-3 multiple, you're going to need guys that can do multiple things in different looks. He's primarily an edge, but we've said that he's likely going to be better off as an off-ball linebacker. So he has that ability to rush if you need him to, but he'll probably project better as an outside linebacker in this defense. Yeah, just starting with Isaiah Simmons, and there are other players similar to him, but yeah, he is the one you have to keep coming back to as the best in that in that mold. And drafting Simmons would give the Giants defense an incredible amount of flexibility. Sub packages would, at least to a certain degree, kind of become a thing of the past for the Giants because they could play at basically a base nickel defense but have personnel on the field who would resemble a base defense or potentially even switch to something like a dime alignment. And if if one of the major goals of modern offensive football is to create and exploit mismatches, having a guy with such a varied skill set like Simmons, who could who he can play, you know, deep safety, he can play box safety, he can play linebacker, depending on who the opposing offense puts in the slot he could be a slot defender he can be a run play, a run defender and he is a pretty darn good blitzer as well so having somebody with that broad and diverse a skill set would allow the defense to really counter almost anything the offense tries to do to create a mismatch and then Zach Bon he he's a guy we keep coming back to We've gotten pretty clear indications that that the Giants love him and would draft him if they get the chance. He has that strong background as an edge, as a pass rusher for Wisconsin. And like we said in the first half, that's something that the Giants really need. They need a good, dependable pass rusher. Vaughn probably doesn't have the size to be an every-down edge, and that will probably lead him to play more of an off-ball position at the NFL. But he has that skill set too. He has really good range. He has great instincts. He really can play as a space player as well as put that pass rushing acumen, for lack of a better word, to use as a blitzer, as a occasional pass rusher, as a guy you send as a fifth rusher or in a zone blitz. With Zach Bond, it makes a lot of sense, though. The, all that stuff that you broke down, he he is versatile and, and can be used as a pass rusher. 
And right now for the Giants, with Marcus Gold not coming back, they're going to need as much juice as they can get. Guys that can do multiple things and also be used as a pass rusher. So Bond is a player that has continually been mocked for the Giants. So a fit for him here early on in the second, if he's even available, will be a perfect fit for the Giants. On to the cornerback position. And with a lot of assets last year being spent on corners, additionally bringing in James Bradbury to be your likely number one corner, a high draft pick probably won't be spent on a cornerback unless maybe Jeff Okuda falls to four or if the Giants trade back and he is still on the board, maybe that puts the Giants in a position to take Jeff Okuda. Well, besides anyone named Jeff Okuda, who could be an option available if they wanted to take a, a better asset and another, another young player for this new defensive scheme? Two guys we thought of were Jalen Johnson from Utah and Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech. And Robertson has been one of the more intriguing prospects we've talked about. He's not a big guy. He's around 5'9", a bit undersized for a corner, but he has a ton of production as a a ball-hawking corner, Guys, that, the guy that is always around the ball making plays. And I think that even though he was an outside corner and, and did very well at that, his size projects him more him inside as a nickel corner. And right now the Giants don't really have that guy that we can say with confidence is a good nickel. I think Robertson is going to be an underrated player that will outperform his size and could fit very nicely in that in that role. Nickel corner, slot corner is a definite need for the Giants. They have tried Grant Haley there. He looked good as a rookie, but didn't really take the next step in 2019. They tried Corey Ballantyne there. He is just not a slot guy. They tried Sam Beal. He isn't really a slot guy either. They need that third corner, especially since three receiver sets is pretty much the standard package on on offense in the NFL. So you need somebody who can defend that slot. The Giants have really more experience than almost anybody with seeing just how important a slot receiver can be. You know, first, they had Steve Smith, 12, and he had a ton of production from the slot. Then they had Victor Cruz and they got to benefit from him shredding defenses from the slot. You know, we've seen Odell Beckham Jr. produce from the slot. We've seen Sterling Shepard produce from the slot. Giants fans know how important defending the slot is because they've seen their offense take advantage of poor slot corners for years now. So getting a guy like Amik Robertson who could transition into the slot and be a good, dependable, and hopefully productive defender there is something we really should be paying attention to. Jalen Johnson, he is a high upside player. He probably isn't a guy who could step in and produce right away, but adding another potential starting outside corner is always a good idea because you know we have seen a tremendous amount of attrition at the cornerback position over the years. And there really is no guarantee that Corey Ballantyne or Sam Beal or DeAndre Baker, for that matter, will continue to develop and give the Giants a long-term, dependable corner opposite James Bradbury. To wrap things up on today's show, the final position group we have is the safety position. Just looking at how things look right now, Jabril Peppers is your clear, strong safety. Free safety is a bit of up in the air, but it, it most likely they'll be going forward with Julian Love, who looked really good as a rookie. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't be in a position to take a, a high 
draft pick on a on a safety prospect like Antoine Winfield Jr., who we've talked about a lot. And I think Winfield Jr. is not a, a pigeonholed guy that can only strictly play safety. He can be moved around a little bit. I think he would be very nice as a free safety. So if we're talking about guys that, that make sense going in this position, it's probably going to be somebody with range that is going to be playing free safety that is a little bit quicker, uh, is going to be able to play single high. Other players that we talked about were Ashton Davis, and then the final one, which is a bit more of a, a later round potential player, is Aloe Gilman. And the reason why we picked Gilman was because he is more projected as a special teams contributor and a rotational player. And there have been a lot there's been a lot of speculation of of Gilman being a, a really stereotypical Patriots pick of a guy that that works hard and will be a really good special team starter. Well, the Giants right now obviously have the Patriots special teams coordinator as their head coach. So instead of projecting him as a Patriot, I think he makes even more sense as a Giant, somebody who could go in round five or six if they want to add a guy that is a, a proven leader and will be more than willing to contribute and play a ton on special teams early on in his career. Yeah, and that is the kind of defensive back the Giants have gravitated towards in general anyway. So his is a name we really should be keeping an eye on, especially on that third day of the draft where, okay, he might not have the super high upside. You know, He might not be a gem who can turn into an every down starter, but as a guy who can step in, who can play a few snaps in a three safety set, or if you know a guy's shoe comes untied or, you know, maybe somebody's in the, in the blue tent, those guys are good to have, but also being able to stock up on core special teams players, guys who can get you those hidden yardage or prevent the other team from getting hidden yardage. Granted, we've made special teams kind of our wheelhouse on this show, but if you've been listening along, you should know how important special teams are. And when the Giants have been at their best, they have had good special teams units. And just because that phase of the game is kind of treated as a bathroom break by a lot of places, up to and including the networks, games can be won and lost on kickoffs, on punts, on field goals. So having players who excel at that is important. And also just with Ashton Davis, you know, we wanted to include him just because he's a guy who does have that high upside but isn't really getting talked about. He wasn't able to work out at the Combine but he has good tape. He is a very well-rounded, versatile safety. He's played in a lot of different coverage schemes. He can play in any coverage scheme, and he has track star athleticism. He has great range. He is explosive. There are quite a few people who have said that if he was able to work out in Indianapolis, he probably would have been the talk of the defensive back workouts, or at least of the safeties that worked out. All right, that's going to be it for us here on the Chris and Joe Show. Make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us and also follow us on social media at BigBlueView, at Joe DeLeon, and at Raptor MKII. Thursday is when everything finally starts. We can finally watch it all happen live, and every single night we'll be putting together a show for you to listen to the next morning so you know about the guy that was taken who he is what he is as a prospect what he brings to the table for the giants all of that great stuff we'll be putting out content for you 
and then breaking things down even further the following week. So stick around and be looking out for the next show coming out on Friday morning.